Tonight on Mission 7 of Rogue Padron, Assault at Raychek. Kirtan Lore arrives on the scene. Rogues and Romance. Ooh. A new mission for the Rebels, and we'll meet General Derricot. I like the part where you said romance. <laughs> I had to make it alluring. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did there. A Kirtan alluring. alluring. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's disgusting. That's how he feels about Ice Hard, that's for sure. Oh, and that's what kind of podcast so it's going to be today, folks. <laughs> this is Rogue Leader. All wings report in. Rogue 6, standing by. Rogue 7, standing by. Rogue 3, standing by. friends about that the other day and they were actually like Seth that's really cool and I was like wow they're not yelling at me for being a nerd <laughs> you know what you do if they yell at you for being a nerd punch what? them yeah that's Inverter true then. Inverter. <laughs> <laughs> <So> step further <laughs> I can do that steal their fine. identity I'm not sure what's legal and illegal in New Zealand right. so honestly is, neither, neither am I is, is murder cool over there it could be I haven't tried yet well, one day you'll learn. <laughs> Only one way to find out. <laughs> okay, welcome to the latest episode of Rogue Padron. Today we'll discuss chapters 21 through 25, but first, let's get a refresher on the hosts. We have Rogue 6, Danny, who likes his coffee shop baristas like he likes his bunnies, aloof and floppity. <laughs> <laughs> what? I'm laughing because it's true. <laughs> Rogue 7, Seth, who likes her sports drinks like she likes her women, blue and full of electrolytes. <laughs> That's so true. So true. <laughs> what? I told you these were weird. I love them. They're so good. We have Rogue 3, Heath, who likes his pizza crusts like he likes his dogs, golden and comforting. Oh, I do. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm Meg, rogue leader, who likes her men like she likes her smoothies, full of protein and helpful during a workout. <laughs> <laughs> and you that's our so show, good. folks. <laughs> Signing off. See ya. Wow. Brilliant. Take it away, Danny. <laughs> well, speaking of really buff dudes, I have a question about Rogue One. Mm. Yeah. I like where this is going. So we are suspecting that X-Wings are going to play a role in this. But we could be totally off base based on the marketing we've seen for this movie so far. Nothing besides the name of the movie actually points towards X-Wings. And in fact, there's been a lot of talk about like boots on the ground type military action happening in this movie. So um, at this point, based on what we've seen so far, do we think what how big of a role, honestly, do we think X-Wings are actually going to play in this movie? I don't know. <sighs> I think we'll see some, maybe. Um, it's going to be like a ground battle, right? Is that what we know? I don't know anything, honestly. Yeah. But, like, I'm not sure how much, um, like, space fighting we'll see, or even, like, yeah. low or altitude fighting. So we might not get many, like, X-Wing 
fight scenes like we might in The Force Awakens, given the trailers that we've seen. Lots of X-Wings. Right. At yeah. this point, I'm kind of thinking we're going to see more X-Wings in The Force Awakens than Rogue One. Just because yeah, like, so... the, the teaser that was shown at Celebration, the the sound clips was all very like military, like ground combat kind of things. And and during that panel, they talked a lot about how it's it's war, it's dirty and gritty, and it's, it's different from what we've seen. And, and what we've seen is a lot of air battles, right? We've seen a lot of X-Wing battles and things going on aerially. I'm the terminology. I don't know what I'm saying, but um, <laughs> yeah, it seems like it's more focused on kind of like the the book that just came out, the Twilight Company book. I kind of get the sense that the movie is going to be more like that. Yeah. So by the time we finish reading this first arc, you'll understand that Rogue Squadron does more than just fly around. Like in this book, it is very heavily focused on um, space assault battles, right? But as we move into the story like the arc story more, you'll see that there's a lot of ground operations that goes into being a rogue because you'll remember that at the beginning um, when Wedge is introducing Rogue Squadron, he mentions that he pulled in everybody not just for their piloting skills, but also for the other skills that they have. Mm-hmm. So they're all, they're all great pilots, but they also bring other things to the team that don't necessarily involve flying. I see. So like some of them bring cleavage and tiny waists. Yeah, but some You're also bring the like, gun. some also bring like infiltration <laughs> skills or like other things that would be useful for like covert ops and not just flying around ops. Yeah, got yeah. it. And tiny wastes. <laughs> so many tiny wastes. So many tiny wastes. All of my notes. Work? All of my notes are just me. Like, if you open up my notes on my Kindle, it's just me swearing a lot and like <laughs> highlighting whenever they mention somebody having a tiny waist or like a pretty face or something. Like, you that's have all big, it is. Sturdy waists. And also that one note that was me like thinking that um, Laura and the other guy were gay, mm-hmm. and then realizing they weren't. <laughs> I mean, that's okay. That sounds good. Yeah. It needs more gay in this book, honestly. It does totally. So uh, my thought is that. You don't name something rogue, fill, fill in the blank, in the Star Wars universe without having it be about X-Wings. You just like, I feel like Lucasfilm is smarter than to name a film Rogue One and then have like no X-Wings in it at mm-hmm. all. Like there, there's an expectation there and sort of this, the name like means X-Wings essentially at this point in the fandom. So that having a film named Rogue One to then like go see it and have their it, like not be an X-wing squadron. It would like I feel like that would be dangerous for them to do in a lot of ways, and that I I just I don't see them doing that. And like we said, like it could be about an X-wing squadron, but they end up spending a lot of their time on the ground. Like sure, fine, but I think X-wings will still play a major role in some way in the film, and that if they don't, it will be like really weird that they named it, but they named it. It would be the biggest troll ever. That would be a big troll. Right. Yeah. And I like I just I don't see them doing that. Yeah. I think yeah. what I'm envisioning they know what right the now. Fans like. I think what I'm envisioning right now is that Felicity Jones obviously is is this Rogue One character that they're referring to. I think most of the fan base is in agreement on that. And that her specialty mm-hmm. is, you know, piloting is X Wing, but maybe the other people in that cast photo are not part of a squadron necessarily and they bring other skills to the table and and these five or six people right. are this team that are going in, and, and her role in this is the piloting, the flying, and maybe she has a squadron that's like in the background at some point, but that the rest of those characters ne- yeah. maybe aren't necessarily. 
Right, like, she could be part of Rogue Squadron, but going and doing something on the side that, like, no one knows about, and that's the plot of the movie, but, like, an X-Wing Squadron has to be a part of this. Like, it it would be really weird for it not to be. Mm -hmm. Cool. Well, that that leads us to more questions, but we'll save those for future weeks, so. (laughs) It's true. So let's now jump into the chapter discussion. Woo! So in chapter 21, we start off with the rebels arriving at Vladet, which is Raychuk, um, and they're preparing their assault on the Imperial base there. And we see that although Y-Wings are slow, they have a lot of firepower. They have two laser cannons, twin ion cannons, and two proton torpedo launchers. So they do pack a punch, but that's also why they need X-Wings to fly cover for them, because they can't engage in dogfights with like ties and stuff like that. There's a lot of space battle going on. The rebels are doing pretty well. There's one scene where Corrin asks for tech visual and Tycho gives it to him saying it's from Lo- rogue leader returning the favor and a throwback to the first exercise Corrin did where he humiliated himself for being such a jerk. The last we're going to hear from Tycho this week. Yeah, basically. He for the rest of these chapters. He does not. Poor Tycho. And he's obviously not happy <laughs> in that ship. Poor Heath is really what we mean. Yeah. I thought you said he does not partake, like partake. That's <laughs> I thought it was a great pun. Just pretend I said that. <laughs> he does not partake in any more of the chapters. So this, so this was kind of determined last week that Tycho's role in this was like he had to go through. I still don't fully understand what mm-hmm. they've requisitioned so, him to here. Like he has to on give commands Iridian, via someone else or something. Yeah, so on their Iridian, both him and an equally ranked officer run by General Salm are on the Iridian with Captain Arfon. And so any orders that like that Wedge or Captain Arfon give um, to Tycho or the Y-Wings is rooted not just to Tycho, but also to the second um, commander. And so the second commander can decide whether or not he wants to relay those orders to the Y-Wings. I see. Got yeah. it. Yeah. Mm. And Corin mentions that he's been on ops where it's basically the same thing with Corsac and Imperials, where they're both having a, a separate chain of command, and it has never worked out very well. Right. So, so basically, their inability to trust Tycho is yes. s- slowing everything down in this mission when it, they really can't afford to lose that time. But basically, right. he has to, oh my God, everything he so says has to be censored through a commanding officer. Right. Got it. Yep. And it's also someone else watching his behavior the whole time and could report back to General Psalm. Mm. Yeah, so it's a twofold no fun for Tycho. So it should as really the rebels... be the subtitle of X-Wing Road Squadron. That's true. Uh, no fun for Tycho. So, yeah. <laughs> as the rebels are doing pretty well, um, two Imperial ships show up. A Carrot class and a Lancer class, the Ravenger. And so we describe that the Lancer class ships are the Empire solutions to snub fighters, which are all the little fighter ships. And because it has massive firepower and tons of like laser cannons that can individually target like that small of a ship. So the pilots know that they're screwed. Like the Y Wings will not get out of this engagement. As they're trying to figure out what to do and how they're going to save the most lives. And as they're trying to figure out how to save the most lives, Corin pops in with this idea to copy what Tycho did for him and Hensara. And so his plan is that a single X-Wing will come close to the Ravenger while the Y-Wings target the X-Wing's homing beacon. And the X-Wing will dodge the torpedoes, and so the torpedoes will go past him and hit the Imperial ship. 
they're trying to decide who's who's gonna do it. Wedge volunteers. Psalm says no. Corin just goes ahead and takes Defender Squadron and which is a Y Wing squadron and goes and does it anyway against General Psalm's orders. But thankfully, this works out fine and they end up taking down the Ravenger. There's one part where Corin tries to save Whistler by ejecting him, but he but Whistler disabled like all of his functions to do that and won't <laughs> leave him, which is Whistler is amazing. Good. It was such Good. an R two D two moment there. Oh yeah, yeah. Totally. Um, and, and of so, course, that moment reminds Corin of his dead father. Of course, and also he's resigned what, himself. What to... doesn't at this point? It's true. Honestly, he's just. Ugh. Oh, I woke up this morning. My dad woke up one morning. <laughs> he won't wake up again. <laughs> All right, that got dark. Oh, we're terrible. <laughs> that, that, yeah, we, we made that real dark. <laughs> but um, Corin once again, thinks he's just going to die out there. Like, he's pretty fatalistic. Well, I think you uh, have to be if you're them. a rogue. Yeah, but I think... Maybe it's just because we're following Corin that we see like all the times that he thinks he's gonna die, but he's also puts himself in these situations where he's very, very close to death. And so at the end of the chapter, the Ravenger is ruined, but two proton torpedoes miss the mark and are headed straight for Corin's X-wing. And that's where we end because cliffhanger. And that was the end of Corin's story. <laughs> yeah. So wow. yeah. Right? What a great if pilot only... you were, Corin. We'll miss you. Not that much. For for like <laughs> a second, I was like, oh god, he died. But then I was like, no, he didn't die. There's no way. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard with books like this because you're kind of like, also. well, he is the character we're following. So if he dies, it doesn't work too right. well. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah I can't formulaic. suspend our disbelief that much. So in chapter 22, Kirtan Lore re- like, returns back to see the Ravenger die. And he's already trying to work out where the new rebel base is because he knows they won't try to keep Raychuk because it, it'd be too easy for the Imperials to try to strike back at them. Lore continues to get his orders and he's headed to Borlaeus, um, whose installation is ran by General Ever Derricote. I keep wanting to call him Evil Derricote because it works. Yeah. And Lore finally learns how to play ball with the Navy. He lets them pick up escape pods. Padrons. I can't believe we're Padrons. <laughs> <laughs> let, let the record show that the show notes literally say escape Padrons. <laughs> Sorry. Um, <laughs> so, Lore lets them pick up escape pods as they're retreating rather than directly leave the system as ordered. So, he's trading his time, his so valuable time for like the loyalty of the officers on this ship which is something he should have been doing from the beginning what else does he have to do right now his time is not valuable he thinks his time is important let's be clear like he has nothing else to do (laughs) the empire is on the decline he's like like he thinks he's very important (laughs) i am of course he does i do not like lore at all yeah i don't think we're meant to to be fair so yeah, he's pretty awful. No, like, you're not meant to like any villain, but, like... He's not an enjoyable villain. He's not right. exciting! I just, I just, I don't like anything about him. Like, even a villain who you dislike as a person because they're bad. Yeah. Like, you like parts of their character because they're a good villain. He's just, like... Ugh. 
He's boring. He's just like a twerp. Like <laughs> he's like he thinks he's so important, but it's like you you're the only person who thinks you're important. Yeah. He's like a schoolyard bully. Because he's just holding this grudge against like Corin and everybody. God. He's awful. Yeah. Cause I mean, at least like Isard is like an interesting character because right. she's so evil and she like she's turned in her father in order to take the like the highest role. Like that's pretty ruthless. Yep. I can respect that. I like her. I like her too. She's a good villain. I I'll, I'll third that is not a great choice for first villain in this series. Yeah. Definitely. But well, thankfully, the next chapter is not about him. Start, I think. Yeah, let's get to the juicy yeah, stuff. He's like, yeah. yeah, romance chapter. Oh, yeah, this chapter was racy. Chapter yeah. 23, where suddenly all the pilots can't keep their hands off each other. Or their leku off each other. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Noara then. <laughs> so, <laughs> so <laughs> we open this chapter with Corin confined to his quarters, so obviously he didn't die. Or did he? Probably did it, and okay, fair um, We find out that General Salm wants to court martial Corin for insubordination, disobeying a direct order, and pirating a squadron of bombers, <laughs> which is a pretty cool charge for sure. I mean, to be fair, he did do all those things. So. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, and so Noarven, Rosati, and Erisi come to visit him, um, and there's just one moment where. Wait, Casually, pause. this is the let's end. let's refresh on these people because Rosati and Erisi just sound way too similar. Yeah. So, so Rosati. Um, oh God, I had such a hard time with that. Rosati <laughs> is the head of Two Flight, so she's a pretty good pilot, and, she's and from she Bespin. was. Yeah, she's from Bespin, and she was training with Corin at the very beginning of the book. Right. So they've always been like buddies. Like she was in like Corin's little clique at the beginning. And her last and... name is Ener. <laughs> Yeah, we Ear. can't pronounce it, so sorry. Erisi <laughs> is the um, the woman from Typheria, foil to Bro Jace, who's also from Typheria, and she's and like an heiress to a Bacta fortune, basically. So yeah, didn't Merrick call her like Madame Bacta or something like? Oh, Bacta, yeah, Bacta like the Bacta Queen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so she's used to getting what she wants. Bacta Queen. <laughs> So. <laughs> I'm just laughing. Yeah. Oh, so funny. Heath. Sorry. Yeah, so Sorry. Funny. This is me tweeting you with just your name. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna mute myself while I keep laughing. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so casually thrown in there in a line is Noir Ven draping um, a head tail over Rosati's shoulder as it gently strokes her neck. Which mm-hmm. was like... <laughs> Sensual. <laughs> this is the first I heard of this. Just imagine. I was, like, when I read that, I had to pause. I was just like, 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 like is that like... way to introduce you to this relationship is that imagery. <laughs> I was just like, gross. is that like a casual thing? Just imagine yeah, an octopus better. coming up behind you and stroking your neck with one of its Just tentacles. like in my photo. <laughs> Right, that's exactly what it is. Oh my god. We'll put uh, that photo in the show notes for reference for everyone. And, yeah, now we have to show this photo to everybody. That's totally... Wait, are they like, because like, they, they call them like brain tails, right? Aren't there brains in those things? Ew. I don't know. Uh, oh. Well, I don't know that much about Twi'leks, so. 
I know the girls have triangular ears. Oh my gosh, let's not talk about that. <laughs> Wasn't that like a thing? Yeah, it was week? like a thing on Twitter last week. Ugh. Of all the things to be things on Twitter. <laughs> so, as so, creepy as the description was, I do want to throw some points out for showing an interspecies relationship. Yeah, absolutely. Because yes, I don't think yeah, we see that yeah. nearly enough in Star Wars. And this is just setting uh, the precedent for space married uh, that yeah, would come absolutely. 20 years later. So Yes. Yeah. I let out a tiny audible gasp when I got to this point. Because, like, it was really unexpected. Mm-hmm. A, I was like, oh, my God, wait, what? But then it was like, wow, that's, like, a big deal. So, it and it's not even the worst of it yet. Yeah. So everyone's, like, talking to Corin about how he's going to be court-martialed and potentially thrown out of Rogue Squadron. But Corrin ain't even mad because he did do those things. <laughs> he thought he was going to die, so court-martialing isn't too bad. And so finally, like two pages in, we, we learn that Corrin survived because Whistler is the best. Corrin, before, he di- before the protons were supposed to hit, gave a vague order of cut it out. And he was referring to the programmed flight pattern that he had done so they could target um, his X-Wing. Whistler is smarter than him and directly like killed his homing beacon. So the torpedoes lost their signal and detonated early. So he was fine. So good thing you didn't eject him because you would have been vaped <laughs> by a Y-Wing. That would have been really bad. It's embarrassing. Yeah. Y-Wings. <laughs> So we also learned that Bro Jace um, is the best pilot from this as he got two kills, even though there were only four TIE fighters at that installation. So it wasn't like a really big deal. Corrin doesn't get to claim credit for the Ravenger kill because he didn't actually fire any shots. So that's too bad. Sucks for him. Yeah. Noara and Rasadi casually leave. And after they're gone, Aresi starts getting at Corrin. <laughs> I'm oh, sorry, gosh. but before that happened, um, we missed the part where Corin was looking down Eris's shirt. Oh, and yeah. That's that a very important Corrin's... paragraph. No, I don't think we missed it. I think we purposely skipped it. <laughs> I'm so mad. Let's just pretend it didn't happen. I think Corin isn't <laughs> Please trouble me out. <laughs> I just have to say I never expected to see the word cleavage in a Star Wars book. Oh, God. Cringeworthy. Pretty good, uh, right? Yeah, I'm having flashbacks to Black Widow. Oh gosh, yeah. Mm. <laughs> Stay classy, Corin. Stay classy. So yeah, as soon as they leave, of course. Yeah, Eris is like, go wow wow, and Let's get it on. <laughs> and she was but... she was the one that was hitting on him really obviously earlier in the book too, right? Yeah, like when they she were was going the to the one bar. who was yeah yeah. Maybe so Corin rebuffs Eris's advances with a story about his partner. Um, Elia, and how he almost died, but managed to come out in the like th- in the end. Corin thought he was in love with her, and they almost hooked up, but then they were sent to like be debriefed. And when the opportunity passed, they both realized it wasn't real and just kind of laughed about it. All right, so uh, real talk for a second here. Yeah, like that was actually really insightful of Corin. Yeah, because like, yeah. how many movies do you watch? Like, especially action adventure. Oh yeah, like where the romance. The big happy romance at the end is clearly just a product of them having gone through an intense experience together. And like, if there was ever going to be a sequel, there's no way that happy ever after lasted. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was nice because it was very realistic as well. Like, 
proper handling of human emotions, which, you know, you don't always see in a Star Wars book because it's very yeah. like, dramatic. I could, I could relate to this moment, weirdly. Have you been killing people, Danny? <laughs> right, like, go on. <laughs> Silence. So anyway, Mirak shows up next, right? After Corrin rebuffs her, she still smooches him, convinced that he'll come around at some point, because who could re- re- like resist her pretty face and small waist? Nobody. <laughs> Not me, that's for sure. <laughs> and as she's leaving, Mirax is at the door, and the tension and animosity between them is super obvious, which is great. <laughs> Queen and- Love triangle. Love triangle. Hell, I don't, I don't want that at all. No, it's bad. So after Erisi leaves, Mirax brings Corin a peace offering, which is stuff from Corellia, magazines, smoked spicy nerf, Wyron's reserve brandy, and Reichgate, which is a handmade cake, which is adorable. And the Reichgate, I don't know, I forgot, I already forgot how I pronounced it. The cake. <laughs> is only used for, like, (laughs) celebrations. So they're celebrating life, that they're both alive. But I just thought that was really sweet that she, like, put in the effort to, like, hand-make something for him. And that shows the kind of person that Mirax is. And Stackpole clearly beating us over the head with the idea that one of these girls is superficial and one of these girls is not. I know, totally right. Um, Mirax mentions she got the ingredients from M-Tray, so he's really working his scrounge protocol. And he also drives a really hard bargain because he's been doling out like bottles of brandy to her, like one or two at a time when he has a couple cases of it. So he's up to something for sure. I'm still very suspicious of that droid. Oh, same. But I also applaud his entrepreneurial spirit. What does he get out of all this? He got, like, stuff for the unit. Like, she traded him, like, a hyperdrive oh, yeah, unit yeah, yeah. Yep. and, like, some other stuff. So he's getting what they need. <laughs> I'm impressed. Um, yeah, that doesn't seem I, like something a spy would be doing. Hate to say I that. mean, you never know. You don't know what's going on. You're right. Have Have any of you taken the love language quiz? Yes. 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 Okay. So this part of the book actually reminded me fondly of that because mm. Mirax shows up and is clearly an acts of service. Wait, do you want to explain what it is in case people don't know? She like, yeah, so it's basically everybody has a love language and it's like how you best receive affection from people. And there's like acts of service, words of affirmation. Um, what are the other ones? There's gifts. Touch. Quality time. Um, gifts. Yeah. Um, so when reading this, it was very clear that Mirax shows up and she's like, either a gifts or acts of service kind of person where like that's how she is showing Corin that she's like really interested in him. So I'm interested to see like what kind of love language Corin speaks here to mm. see who he ends up choosing. Cause like he might be the kind of person where he's getting all this stuff from Mirax and he's like, what are you doing with your life go get a life <laughs> whereas like Iracy was kind of like the touch person when like that might be what he's into it is very fascinating yeah. well and they did like both like Mirax and Iracy both moved in very different ways because like Iracy was getting like closer and closer to Corin, like putting her hands on his knees um like 
physically getting closer to him. Whereas like Mirax is like aloof and just kind of lays away from him um, and like gives him the time to enjoy like what he gave to her. Right. She, what she's she gave relying to him. on like, she's like, look at what I did for you. Yeah. 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 It's interesting. And she doesn't, cause it's not really like an overt um, like sign of affection. Right. It's, you know, she can disguise it as, Oh, it's a peace offering because we're not our fathers. Um, and we're going to be working together from now on. So let's start f- fresh. Yep. So like Corin could also just think that as well versus the, Hey, I hand made you a cake. And like, from a girl's point of view, um, speaking for myself, like that's a, that's a big deal when you make someone a cake. <laughs> I make so many people cakes. I hope they don't think that about me. They do. No, oh, dear. They think you love them. That's what they. Oh dear, I screwed up. And not in a, not necessarily in a romantic way, but they know that you love them. Oh well, that's true. Yeah, like it's a very like emotional thing versus like corn just like cake. Same though. <laughs> yeah. So ugh, I want cake right now. Okay. Anyway, but yeah. So corn. After Mirax leaves, um, Corin is determined to be friends with her, despite his prejudices against smugglers and his like history with Booster Tarek, her father. And, and that's kind of the weird note that chapter ends on. It also he also mentions that you know for the more soap opera aspect that he very much enjoyed. He wanted Mirax to stay, whereas he was just counting down the minutes for Erisi to leave. Yeah, and he compared them like their looks as well. Where That's he just said, mean. because he's a he dude. Like, yeah. <sighs> he's just talking about, like, well, Mirax isn't lacking much, if anything, when it comes to, like, looks against Erisi. And I'm just like, bleh. Ugh. Even though he was totally checking her out, like, six pages ago. Hella. He don't care. New woman's in the room. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. So that's where we end that one. <laughs> okay. Yeah. At the So at the start of Chapter 24, Wedge is at a briefing on Home 1, Admiral Ackbar's flagship, and the briefing is ran by General Crayfe, who is a Bothan. And the new plan is that they're going to hit an installation key to the Imperial Corps as they make their push toward Coruscant. And their plan is to use a captured Star Destroyer, Emancipator, to batter down the shields at this base... And then the Y-Wings, much like they just did at Raychuk, the Y-Wings will come in to wreck the base, and the X-Wings are running defense. So uh, Crayfe wants the op to take place in two weeks. And Wedge is sitting there thinking that this is not a very good plan. Crayfe is cray-cray. Oh, you stole my <laughs> joke! <laughs> I was waiting to jump in with that one. Hi, <laughs> my friend. Wait, this this Boston is like white, right? Like yes, he's like his fur snowy. Oh, uh, he looks like, like <laughs> I don't know what he looks like, but he's like the same color as my old cat. I'm like, oh, <laughs> cute. Now you're old but also cat. scary. Your old cat Gary, is that what you said? No, my old cat was called Cat. Of course it was. Oh god. <laughs> Seth. <laughs> So anyway, remember that's Craig why her astromech is named Droid. Yeah. Oh god. <laughs> so the reliance on um, bombardment to get the shields down is not a smart move because they don't know how much they're actually reinforced, and there's also only partial information on the base's resources, like 
how many TIE fighter squadrons they have. Like, what are the X-Wings going to be dealing with out there? And, of course, uh, Cray 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 Fay doesn't actually have any of the answers to this. <laughs> <laughs> so we're calling him now. Cray 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 Fay. I'm okay with this. <laughs> and... Um... <laughs> Can't even take this seriously. <laughs> okay, I'm going to mute myself again. And Akmar is a baller and sticks up for Wedge and insists that better detailed information is obtained or he's going to scrub the mission because he is in charge of the military stuff that goes on regardless of what has been has been approved by the provisional council because they are politicians and they can do whatever they want this book needs more and, akbar yeah akbar is the best and um, Wedge mentions that, like, after the meeting, the briefing is dismissed. It's him, Akbar, and General Salm. And we can see that Bothans have kind of a superiority complex. And Wedge mentions that the Bothans were had, yet they wear their deception like a badge of honor in regards to the fact that they're the ones who did get the second Death Star information, but it was also obviously a trap. So, in famous, I never Vat- thought about that. Like the Bothans, they were always like the Bothans got their star plans. I was like, yeah, good for them. But then he mentions that, and I'm like, oh yeah, that that wasn't really good for them. <laughs> yeah. So it was. It's kind of a he said, she said place where, yes, they got the plans, but they also claim that the empire didn't the the emperor didn't turn it into a trap until he realized the plans were stolen. Versus, Unlikely. we see, um. In other stuff that the Empire knew from the very beginning that this was their plan to leak this location. Well, that's canon now, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So, sorry, you're wrong. Both and suck. Um, no, just kidding. Just you guys. Um, <laughs> so, there's there's obviously an issue. And like we mentioned before with, oh, what's his name? The Bothan on the Provisional Council. Thalia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Borsk. Yeah. Borsk. That's Borsk. it. Cray cray failure. Yeah. It doesn't really have the same ring to it. Uh, <laughs> cray cray is a title in Bothan culture. It's true. They Their culture is really interesting. We'll learn a lot more about it later. Ooh, exciting. Yeah. So we'll see that, like, the Bothans in power, because of what they did with the second Death Star, aren't necessarily, like, the plays well with others type, because they are still out for Bothan glory. And we'll find out Wedge, all of Wedge's information is on a need-to-know basis, which means that he knows basically nothing besides what was told in the briefing. So what he does know is that the rogues and other units are headed to Noquibzor? I don't know. These names are weird. And uh, I don't think anyone practiced saying this stuff out loud. No, they never do. Yeah, so rude. This is why these books will never be made into movies. It's true. Nobody can say, say the name. anything. When we do our Rogue Squadron radio drama in a few years, it's going to be all sorts of a mess. It's going to be so bad. Yes. Oh, yes. Yes. So, um, at the very end, Akbar brings up the charges that are against Corin, and Salm says he's going to drop them all because while he still thinks that the rogues are out of line, he knows that they're the best chance for his Y-Wing bombers to get out alive. Um, And Rogue Squadron is already two pilots down. It can't afford to lose another. Um, I like this. He also... 
like Wedge, is convinced that Black Moon is going to be the death of them all. This is not a good op. So that's the hopeful note that that chapter ends on. I liked that, because Solomon has been such a bull throughout this book, and I always like when characters surprise you. And he was. It was very much just like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to drop it. And he didn't even put up a stink about it at all. Well, I mean, he had a good reason to, to be fair. Mm -hmm. Like, without without Corrin and their team, they would have a definite disadvantage. Yeah, like, Corrin's a jerk, but he's a good pilot, so... Kind of like Anakin. Kind of like Anakin. Whoa. I have a new theory. Throwing shade. Yes? Darth Horn. Oh my god. (laughs) No. (laughs) That sounds awful. Let's not do that. (laughs) (sighs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) Oh my god. Okay. So, the last chapter, chapter 25, that we'll discuss this week, um, we go back to Lore, who had just arrived on Borlaeus, and he meets General Derricot, and it describes him as a toad-like man, which I imagine Umbridge, but like in an <laughs> imperial say, uniform, yeah, right? Same. <laughs> Including the curly blonde hair, because I think it really makes it. And the pink. Like, I imagine it's a pink imperial uniform. Yeah, I mean, if Isard can have a red one, then other people can have other colors too, right? Yeah. And lots of yeah. plates with little cats on him hanging in his office. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so He's so evil. So, Lore discovers that Derricot has been scheming for extra resources from the Empire and has actually has two secret TIE squadrons at the Alderaan Biotics facilities. And he got it up and running um, a couple years ago just to make a lot of money because that's what the Empire does. It likes wealth and power. Derricot is also willing to share this with Lore, and so he's obviously a guy who plays ball and manipulates to get what he wants versus making enemies, like, from the outright. Better to, like, share with people and still get it in the end versus, like, waging war with some dudes. Which, um, this is not the last we're going to see of General Derricot. Um, we find out... Yeah. Yay. (laughs) Uh, we find out that Derricot has been feeding wrong information to the Bothans. And so we can make the assumption that Borlaeus is going to be the base that the rebels are going to hit with improper information. And... Derricot reveals that Borlaeus has defenses that no one knows about and that the rebels are in for a lot of trouble when they get there. I wonder if that will come into play during these last set of chapters. Yes, we are very close to the end of the book. We are very close. Yeah. So another major cliffhanger for this week, as usual. Of course. What's going to (laughs) happen? I assume everyone is going to die. Yeah, probably. (laughs) Everyone except Corin. No, just okay. Gavin. Just no, Gavin. Oh, we still know Gavin in these chapters. Yeah, okay. these chapters had a disturbing lack of Tycho. Let's be honest about well, it. Oh, they had a definite lack of Lou Jane. Oh, oh. <laughs> she's dead. I'm still sad. I'm gonna be sad forever. I'm gonna take this one to my grave. Good, you should. So last week we asked you all, if you were best pilot, what chores would you have the worst pilot do? And we, we got some awesome responses. Um, Matthew Appleby said, I would have them ghostwrite my memoir, Taking the Empire by the parentheses Corin Horns. It's really good. That's such Slow a clap. Thing to do. 
That's a really good pun. Ten um, points for great punnage. Ten points to whatever house you're in, Matthew. Rossi said, force them to listen to Toodle Fruits on a loop during the next flying exercise. I would lock the worst pilot in a room with Broar to give them to give the rest of us a break. Oh, that's good. Lock, um, lock the lock the bro in a room. What is Toodle Fruits? I don't know. I assume it's a very annoying song. It sounds um, wonderful. Let me look. Let me look. <laughs> you should probably YouTube that. If it could be a torture device, it sounds wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> Any of strange tastes. Oh, it's an heir to the Jedi. Oh. A Whoa. music group called the called the Toodle Fruits. Wow, that was a good reference. Yeah. Yeah. A plus for good referencing. Yeah. Wow. What do you take us for? Some kind of Star Wars experts? We're not Star Wars experts. <laughs> you have come to the wrong place, Rossi. <laughs> okay. Oh, Our okay. Trusted... They were the band that wrote the song about Darth Vader, right? Yeah. Like, didn't they write a song about Darth I... Vader's ventilator or something? Something like Wasn't that. Wasn't that the thing from the yeah. book? Yeah. Anyway. What'd the beluga okay. whale say? Our trusted beluga <laughs> said... <laughs> They'd have to buy and serve drinks for the Y-Wing pilots. Wow. Oh, that's hot. Oh, oh. Nancy said she would make them do my laundry, especially after long flights in my X-Wing. That's real. That's real. Laundry's annoying. Did Nancy say she'd make them do your laundry or her laundry? She said, said, quote, my laundry, so her (laughs) laundry. Any laundry after being cooped up in an X-Wing is probably bad. While they're at it, they could do my laundry, too. Of course. Um, Raising Fangirls said, I would have the worst pilot do my paperwork, clean my X-Wing, and cover my tab. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, pay for, pay for all the drinks. Why didn't we think of that? Just make them buy you stuff. Honestly. Right? I would drink so much, like, space gin. Yes, like space gin. Space <laughs> I don't gin. know what it's called in space. It's probably just called space gin. Probably. That was an original. No, it's probably called Tapatos, gin. Tapatos, but... may I remind you? Yeah. It's called gin, but with a J. <laughs> Quite gin. Oh, like, no. Oh, no. Too soon. <laughs> it's it's been like it's... 10 years. Yeah. More than 10 years. It's been I don't more know. Than 10 years. It's still too soon. There's <laughs> noble been end. Like, it's been 16 years. <laughs> oh, okay. Kylo Ben, who has like the best Twitter name ever, really said. I'd have the worst pilot paint TIE fighter icons on my X-Wings fuselage for each kill to show how much better I am than them. Wow. Oh, that's harsh. <laughs> that's some serious shade. Like, oh, I killed seven TIEs. You did none? Paint them all on my X-Wing. It's rude, but I like it. <laughs> um, and then Sarah said, I would hold on to this chore favor until I ended up on KP duty, and then I'd have the worst pilot do it for me. That's like Good. you, Saf. A lot of people don't like doing their dishes. What's up with that? Hey, oh no, no you I like doing dishes. dishes. It was big, it was like... I hate That's right. Doing Meg dishes. hates doing dishes. Yeah. I hate vacuuming. I oh, vacuum. why? It's so satisfying. I'm oh. afraid of the vacuum, actually. <laughs> it Fair. Feel like a like, I'm like a puppy who's like, oh, it's gonna get me, and like I have to be in a different room. Like, <laughs> um, my vacuum. Get anywhere near my feet, freak out. Our vacuum made my R2-D2 sock last week, so I'm a little angry at it right now. Oh, that's disappointing. We, like, 
took the whole vacuum apart and we still have not found the sock. I have no idea where it went. What? It just disappeared. Are you sure it's in the vacuum? Yes. Yeah. It's just it's just just into an alternate dimension. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. Maybe there's a portal in the vacuum. It could be. <laughs> That'd be amazing. <laughs> so this week's question. Um <laughs> This week's question. If you were a pilot, what would you want m to scrounge around to find for you? Ooh. Enchiladas. <laughs> or like enchilada making. What? <laughs> <laughs> what enchilada? I love enchiladas so much. You don't even know. But what? would you trust them if the droid just randomly found them somewhere? <laughs> That's why I changed it to enchilada makings. Hey, hey, Seth, I'm a droid and here's an enchilada I found. I just scrounged it up. Oh my god. My stomach hurts. <laughs> Enchiladas. I would almost be that desperate for that enchilada if I'd been in space for that long. Oh my god. I have to mute myself again. <laughs> Alternatively, maybe like a good book or something. I don't know how books work in that universe, but I think they're on like they're That's... like data pad things. Yeah. Well, then I'd I'd ask for, like a book data pad thing. Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, like yeah, like Mirax brought him like a disc of like all these magazines and stuff. So like, oh, yeah. I could bring you like a disc of your favorite books Ooh, and stuff. I'd give him to pick up the latest Cosmo for me. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm totally kidding. <laughs> How to satisfy your Twi'lek lover. <laughs> seven, seven great enchilada re- recipes. <laughs> I'd read that. I'd read that. Three things you can do oh. with your brain tails that will turn her on. No! <laughs> it's so uncomfortable. There's literally nothing I can say to follow that. <laughs> so I'm just going to say treasure. <laughs> what kind of treasure? Gold coins. Treasure. Okay. Yeah, you got to be specific because, like, in Pirates of the Caribbean, <laughs> I would like non cursed treasure. Or a lady. Like, no, treasure. just treasure. It's gotta be specific. It's like a genie wish, right? You An have to old be really school specific. trunk full of credits. Okay, that's fair. And then I would take M Trey on a shopping spree, and we would <laughs> dress each other up you. in fancy new outfits. Yeah, like I'm imagining the nice one. <laughs> Don't be nice to that droid. He's he's shifting. As long as he's ah, oh, as long as he's not winking. He's winking the whole time. He puts on like oh. a really nice dress, and then he just winks at you. Yeah, oh exactly. God. If he's winking, I'm going to have him scrounge for a cliff to jump off of. Because <laughs> <laughs> I just can't deal with that. What about you, Rogue Leader? Oh, gosh. Um, what would I want from home that would make me feel better in the dark emptiness of space? Um, probably some Ewok stuff animals, to be honest. I'm yeah, not surprised. That's a good answer. Yeah. I mean, like, just like five or six. 
just to <laughs> keep me company. <laughs> a reasonable amount. Yeah, you know, not too much. Or even better yet, a real Ewok friend. Two real Ewok friends. Oh, I'm sure he could scratch that out for you. Yeah, who like just want to come live with me on the base and we'll have adventures. And I'll teach them how to pilot an X-Wing. Do they have to like stand on each other's heads to pilot an X-Wing? Yes. So, like, one can steer and the other one will control the brakes. Yeah. Teamwork. <laughs> anyway, that's my answer. <laughs> what about you, Hey, Caffeine. Oh. But you have calf. You already have calf. Do I, though? Yes. I haven't heard it mentioned yet. Uh, you can just assume. Rebel um, Alliance would not have as many people if they didn't have caffeine, I that's think. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Um, I don't know. It, probably alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair, because that is very fair. he has those two cases of brandy laying around. So it actually happened. Prob- probably alcohol. Yeah. Yep. All right. Is it outro time? It is so outro time. <laughs> it's my time to shine. <laughs> screw it up. You got this, Sav. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Show all us right. all how to do podcasts competently. Yeah, I will. I wow. will. Well, you can find us at our website at farfarawayradio.com slash categories slash rogue dash podron. Our Twitter is at rogue podron, which is where you can send your answers to your questions, and we will read them out next week. Our email is roguepod at farfarawayradio.com, and you can find our podcast in the iTunes feed for Far Far Away Radio. So be prepared for next time as we come to the almost end of Rogue Squadron, and make sure you read chapters 26 through 31. And that's all for this week, so this is Rogue Podron signing off. Pew, pew, pew! Rogue Leader signing off. Rogue 6, signing off. Rogue 7, signing off. Rogue 3, signing off. <laughs> I'll make that noise. <laughs> Can you make the chopper noises this week? Wow, <laughs> 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 well, that was actually really good. Well, well Chopper, like, curses. He's like, wah, wah, wah. It's true. <laughs> He's kind of like an Ewok in that respect, where you can kind of tell what the Ewoks are saying. They're just saying it in a funny accent. All right, real quick. Staff, say some words. Hi. I found a cafe down in my bay yesterday. That's good. You say some words. (laughs) I have probably made a huge mistake. Excellent. Meg, say some words. Um, I'm trying to find photos of me when I'm blonde. And Danny's saying some words, and they have been said. All right, see you in a few. Um, like by themselves. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> that's Elliot. Elliot, <laughs> I'll mute myself. <laughs> Okay. Uh, it's actually you, Heath. Oh, it, it is me? Yes. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Give me a minute. You've got this, bro. You got this. He's got a case of giggles. <laughs> bro, Heath, you got this. I've had to mute myself over a case of the giggles like four times already tonight. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Whew. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Future Danny hates you so much. Ha, 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 ha.
Oh, that's why I'm doing it. Okay. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs>